Drive with Kurt and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here. And joining us online now is Vermont's Secretary of Agriculture, Anson Tebbets. Good morning, Anson. Good morning. Great to be with you. Great to have you here with us, of course. And uh, so, Anson, let's start. Uh, obviously, where the big issue is the flood and how it's affected. How many, how many farmers, how much acreage do you think have been affected in Vermont by the massive floods that hit us a few weeks ago? Well, it's, it's, it's really significant. Um, uh, what's happening is there's been a, a USDA as a system, so the Farm Service Agency uh, is calculating the, the acreage total. So farmers have been calling in over the last uh, three weeks, and we're still encouraging anyone, a producer, farmer, to continue to report uh, any damage uh, to their crops or their infrastructure. So Right now, the latest is, and I think it's going to be, we'll probably get an update uh, either today or tomorrow. We're looking at about uh, more than 10,000 acres of um, crops have been impacted by this. And if you look at that, um, that's a lot of, uh, that is a lot of football fields. So it's about, uh, perspective, it's about 13,000 football fields uh, have been uh, impacted. So we can grow a lot of food on 13,000 football fields. And how many, do you know how many farmers that represents? Uh, I think at that point it's about 200. Uh, we know it's more. Um, it could be someone that's growing, um, you know, 10 acres down in the Intervale or five acres down in the Intervale. It could be um, uh, someone up in Richmond, a dairy farmer, that could possibly have um, 70 acres of uh, cow corn um, that's underwater. So it's two pockets. It's, it's, it's food for us uh, and crops, and it was tragic for many of our uh, producers, you take someone like, uh, um, you know, um, Paul Mazza right there in Essex. Uh, Paul had uh, his uh, beautiful blueberries were just coming in. It's a pick-your-own operation, and they were just completely wiped out. So he's not the pick-your-own operation for, you know, Paul right there in his field. Uh, we toured it with the governor and Senator Welch uh, about, I guess, about 10 days ago, uh, and it's heartbreaking. So he's just one example, but then you've got countless farmers, uh, in the intervale, um, new farms for new Americans, uh, they had their crops uh, wiped out. And then you had, uh, you had dairy farmers, um, that are really, um, thinking about, you know, are they going to have enough livestock, uh, food, uh, you know, corn, silage, uh, and also the other part of this whole thing is it's been so darn wet all summer long. Uh, there's a lot of standing hay that is still out there and there's some, Fields that are still not, you couldn't get a tractor on them if you wanted to. And there's also the debris uh, that's across a number of the of the farm acreage as well. So that debris at some point has got to be picked up. Um, lots of concern about equipment getting on there and something churning something up and really ruining your equipment. So a lot of things to do, a lot of work ahead of us. Uh, but everyone is, as we know, we're, we're Vermont strong and we're, I mean, we're, we're darn tough as well. Right. And do you, do you think that are there some farmers... Do you believe there's some farmers that still have not reported yet in terms of damage that they've suffered? I, I think there's probably some, there are some out there. You know, we're still, um, we're still asking anyone in Middlebury and Addison County to continue to report either crop damage or personal damage as well. Uh, the other aspect of this is we continue want people to call in and or go online to 211 
uh, report any damage. And it could be maybe it was your basement that was flooded. Maybe you didn't have a lot of damage. Uh, but if you report that damage, it helps calculate damage uh, for the federal government through FEMA. And we're still trying to get, um, you know, Addison County across the finish line. So there could be some farmers out there. There could be some individual homeowners. Uh, you know, they had some landslides in, in Addison County. Maybe they haven't all reported in. So we're still encouraging everyone, if they haven't had a chance to get behind the computer or pick up the phone and, and, and call and calculate and do that, please do that. Well, uh, Lieutenant Governor uh, Zuckerman was just with us, and he had mentioned, because I was talking about the fields in Addison County and all the standing water uh, that's on them, they didn't get you know completely wiped out by flooding. Uh, but th- those those people should also report that they, if they can't get on their fields, it, they should report because of the heavy rain. A- absolutely, I think everyone should call their local uh, farm service agency FSA. They should do that. Um, you know, we are a little concerned about um, feed and the quality of the feed that's going to be ready for the fall and the winter for our livestock as well. Um, you know, some people were able to get on, maybe got their first cut of hay on, maybe their second cut, but there's still some standing hay out there that people have not been able to get, and they could be into their third crop here waiting for their fourth crop to come in. And livestock feed is so important because our growing season is so short. Um, whether you have, you know, a couple hundred cows, maybe you have some goats, maybe you have some sheep, maybe you've got a couple horses that, uh, that you need feed for. So I think there's some lingering issues that we're going to have to work through here uh, to try to find uh, some support. And it's very important that we get as much data. The Agency of Agriculture, it now has a survey out. If you go to our webpage, Vermont Agriculture uh, Food and Markets, go to our webpage. We have a survey, and we want people to report to us the you know their economic loss because we are, as the governor has said, we are going to need to go to the federal government and ask for some more assistance outside of the programs that are currently uh, there through FEMA or through the USDA. Okay, well, we got a call for you. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. I have a question about the farmers with the feed, uh, the lack of food, hay, and such for their dairy farms. Vermont has a lot of public lands and municipal areas that often get mowed down. Does anybody in the state consider when they do the mowing to contribute that extra hay as forage for some of the dairy farmers who are really lacking for the winter feed it's just an idea i don't know if they thought of that yeah i think there's um there are a few farmers that do lease and um do get some of their land either from you know other farmers but also either state or federal land um i think the probably the big issue with that is um the, the quality of that feed and the management of that and the leases but that's something that, you know, uh, over time, we probably need to think about. Um, we need to continue to keep as much land as we have in active agriculture production. Uh, we don't want it to grow up to brush. We don't want it to uh, grow up and, and just have, you know, scrub brush out there. And it's not active uh, land that we use for agriculture. And through this flood, we may be looking for other ways uh, to mitigate some of this land that is in the floodplain, you know, it's, some of it is really prime agriculture land, but there's some issues with it, as we've seen, where um, tremendous losses uh, because of the flood. We do that with um, uh, sugaring. We have some state lands that are used for people lease those maple trees uh, and pay the state um, money for the, uh, 
or the sap that comes out of it. But it's something probably we're, we're going to have to think about. And I know farmers are always looking for prime agriculture land, and maybe there is some out there that the state or the federal government has that could be put to good use. Well, um, we had, uh, speaking of farms and floodplains, we had a caller call and ask us to ask you this question. Um, and I, we, we talked a little bit about it with uh, Lieutenant Governor uh, Zuckerman, but there's a, this one particular farm that a lot of chickens apparently perished in, in the Richmond area. And she was concerned, the caller was concerned, that there's no law on the book uh, concerning cruelty to animals on farms. Now, the conversation we had with, with the lieutenant governor, this was an unexpected event, and it's not as easy as it seems to move a thousand chickens. But the caller's point was, um, do you think that there should be some some law um, that that protects the animals from cruelty on farms? Well, there there are laws to do that. So why don't I walk through the process a little bit here? If there is a complaint, so if, say, someone makes a complaint that there has been, um, say, a horse is not being fed properly. I think we've got a couple of cases that are in the news right now about that. Yeah. Um, they they are investigated. So, um, for example, if you find a horse that's not being cared for properly and they think it's being abused, uh, right now, um, some current situations, the Fish and Wildlife uh, agents, wardens, uh, are the authority that investigate they will bring us along as let's call them consultants so they'll bring us in to look at the situation uh, maybe invite one of our veterinarians we have a couple of veterinarians on the team uh, they would come in they would assess assist the, the wardens in that so if there's a complaint of abuse of any animal whether it's a dog or a cat or a cow or a horse there is a system in place that it is investigated. Now, we are not the authority because we are not, um, if there's a criminal activity, we don't have the authority to charge someone with that. But we do play a role in assisting them to evaluate an animal if an animal is in question. So there is a process, and that goes for livestock, that goes for cats, that goes for uh, dogs, and, you know, it goes for all, all animals. So there is a system there. It's just like, the authority does not always lie. The arresting authority and the criminal activity, if there if there is one, does not lie within the agency of agriculture, food, and markets. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick two-minute break. We're going to continue the conversation with the uh, Commissioner of Agriculture, uh, Anson Tebitz, and uh, you can join the conversation, the McKenzie Country Club. Live with Kurt and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620, WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here, and continuing our discussion now with Vermont's Secretary of Ag- Agriculture, Anson Tebbets. Um, Anson, we know that there are businesses that are some businesses are saying that they're not going to reopen uh, with what they're facing. Um, do we do we face that risk with any farmers? Or is there any chance with what's happening here that we could lose some farms? I think those conversations are happening. Um, you know, the ones you hear about from, say, some downtown businesses that may have, this may be their second or third time they've gone through a flood, and they just don't have the capacity to go through it again. And on the back side of that, you also have had the pandemic. Uh, so there's a lot of issues swirling about. I, My sense is there are serious conversations going on with some farmers that, do I want to go through this 
you know, can I continue to do this? Some of them are at risk. I mean, the losses are tremendous for some of these. You take produce farmers, you know, they're coming right into the season, the crop. I mean, they've all their expenses are leading up to the crop coming in and getting some income. So they've spent money on the labor. They've spent money on the supplies. They've spent money on the seeds, uh, maybe the fertilizer. All that stuff is just was ready. And then this July event and bang, all their income isn't there. So substantial losses, particularly in the produce world. Um, and, you know, those were destined for maybe they're headed to, Hannaford's, maybe they're headed to the farmer's market, maybe they're headed to their farm stand, um, maybe they were headed to uh, a bakery. For example, one a tragic story up in Johnson, a wonderful produce farmer um, had all his potatoes in storage ready to go to be sold to the Red Hen Bakery in Middlesex for their potato bread. Mm-hmm. So it has a ripple effect that those potatoes are gone. Um, Folks that love that potato bread uh, and the red hen are not going to get their potato bread. So there's a cascading effect here of multiple multiple people involved in here. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be food, but it's not going to be as readily available as all. But this, there are some substantial losses, particularly in the produce and also on the dairy side and the livestock side, where the feed for them is, if they're going to have to buy some, it's going to be more expensive and and the quality is not going to be as great as well. Yeah, great point on the ripple effect. Yeah, yeah. I just it's, there's a lot of that um, out there. Um, you know, particularly in Lamoille County and that Johnson, they had a they have a, a food co-op, uh, a produce co-op there, and a lot of that is uh, a lot of those wonderful crops uh, just from underwater. And when they're underwater, they you know they can't they can't be sold because of the, all the contaminants that may be there. Well, and we're starting to see it at the the store my family has in Middlebury because this time of year, the traditional purveyors for restaurants and and grocery stores, they pull back their supplies because we have local farmers that people would rather purchase the the local produce. So already we're seeing it's hard to get tomatoes and things that you could normally just source through a, a big national company. But they know this time of year, particularly in New England, uh, that there's a lot of local produce, so they don't stock as much. So it, yeah. it is already impacting it, um, I think, across the board. There's no question about it. Sure. And, and today is a, yeah, yeah, a significant day. We've got grants that are uh, available to farmers and businesses. I don't know if you want to spend a little bit of time talking about that. Sure. Definitely. Yeah, so today uh, the Agency of Commerce and Community Development, uh, we have uh, launching a $20 million grant program understandably, uh, we all know this is not going to be enough to make people whole from all the damages. But this is this is dollars, if approved, could get businesses back open. Maybe they could uh, buy some more supplies. Maybe they could fix something that needs to be uh, uh, fixed. Maybe it's a buyer freezer that was flooded out. Maybe it was a tractor that needed some help. Um, so uh, the Agency of Commerce Committed Development, $20 million. It begins at noon today. Um so the, the application process begins at noon today. It is first come, first serve, um, and agriculture is eligible. We do have $1 million uh, earmarked just for the agriculture sector. A couple of the particulars, um, you know, grantees can get up to about 20% of their net uncovered damages. So they're factoring other sources like insurance coverage and other grant awards in that. And most will receive at least $20,000, and some could get more in the commerce realm, depending on a number of employees. So there's a formula for that. 
And as I mentioned, um, $1 million is earmarked just for agriculture. Uh, physical damage, um, you know, real estate, um, improvements you need to make, inventory, which includes crops and equipment. So we know the money is going to go quickly, uh, but it's a start and uh, a little bit at each time. And we're just going to keep building this. And it's going to take multiple factors. It's going to take federal funds. It's going to take state funds. And also a lot of private um, folks have stepped up and really helped in the interim. And, and what's, the, what's the process for somebody to apply for this? Uh, they go online. Uh, so if you go to the Agency of uh, Commerce and Community Development, uh, the application will be up. We've had some, uh, uh, we call them webinars in, uh, uh, over the last couple of days for folks to get ready for that. They're going to ask for certain information. It's relatively simple um, for government talk, <laughs> I'm saying. It's relatively <laughs> simple. I say that. Uh, but it, it does look like it's user-friendly. Uh, we all know some applications can be really uh, daunting. Yeah, that's what I was but, wondering. But we believe this one, we believe this one is, 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 is relatively simple. Um, there are some documents that you're going to have to provide. It goes live at noontime, um, and people can poke around over the next three hours uh, and gather some of that information and uh, uh, and apply. And the Agency of Agriculture, we are going to be reviewing the um, uh, the uh, farm projects that come through. And in regard to agriculture, in regard to farmers, um, how do you compare what happened in with Irene eleven years ago to to this? I think um, I think it's going to be the impact is going to be. Uh, is going to be bigger for, for a couple of reasons. Irene was a, a little later in the season, uh, so some of those crops were already harvested, particularly on the produce side, and they may have already gone to market. This event came at the beginning of a lot of our season, so the economic impact, particularly, I think, on the produce side. And I think um, some of the destruction for livestock feed and the overall weather for the summer has been so darn wet. Uh, even leading up to it, it was a challenge for some of our farmers to get their feed in for their livestock. So I think on the agriculture sector, I think it's going to be bigger. There are some positive signs about improvements, you know, in the infrastructure across state that we made after Irene, bigger culverts, better bridges. I think some of that... Uh, may not be as large, even though there are segments of Vermont uh, that are really, uh, really hurting, really damaged. You know, um, my hometown of Cabot, the village, really got wiped out at the, the beginning of the Winooski before it reaches you in uh, in Chittenden County. Uh, they had just amazing flash flood, and it wiped out a number of homes. Uh, the creamery was fine. The creamery was above uh, is, is above the, the water line there, but... Um, there was a lot of issues of transportation getting, uh, you know, product to the creamery through that because Route 2 was closed for a while. Some of the milk that was coming from the Northeast Kingdom down into Cabot through Hardwick and Walden. So you've got, you know, you've got Hardwick, you've got Johnson, you've got Cambridge. Um, you've got some really significant damage in Chittenden County, uh, you know, through the Intervale, through Richmond, through uh, Colchester, uh, some dairy farms, but a lot of those produce farmers that were in, in um in the intervale, really substantial uh, damages. And uh, we're just about out of time, Anson, but the process for continuing to get help from the federal government is ongoing, right? So 
again, as you mentioned yeah. earlier, it's important that farmers report any damage. Absolutely, we've got this survey out, so we're gonna we're gonna compile all that all that data. In the first twenty four hours, we had about eighty farmers reporting that, but it's gonna give us the scope, the magnitude, 